Hello and welcome to Hawkeye Nation. This is Hawkcast, your Iowa football, basketball, and recruiting podcast brought to you by Go Iowa Awesome and Rivals.com. I'm your recruiting analyst and host, Elliot Clough on, excuse me, (laughs) Elliot Clough here and Elliot Clough on Twitter at Elliot Clough, no spaces or underscores or anything, anything like that. Publisher Adam underscore Jacoby joining us as well as managing editor at Ross WB after the 41 to 10 victory over Western Michigan today for the Hawkeyes ugly, but they got it done. So we're going to keep this one a little short just because we've got one of our uh, hosts on the road as well, but Ross, uh, you got to watch it on TV as you always do thoughts from the game. I mean, I think you, you said it right. You know, it started pretty ugly. Not a good first quarter at all. Uh, bad before the lightning delay. Not really great after the lightning delay. Uh, but they finally got it settled down in the second quarter. Got a couple touchdowns. And the second half was was pretty dominant. I mean, the defense just completely smothered anything they were trying to do. And the offense, at least the running game, was able to really get going. So... There were some real positive signs there. Um, and, you know, you like to see, you know, finally a fourth quarter with no drama. First two weeks, you know, a little – we were sweating things a little bit at times. Uh, it wasn't the case this week. Got to, you know, clear out the bench a little bit, get a lot of guys in. So, uh, you know, I think there were a lot of positives from this game, uh, and, and ultimately uh, not the way it started. Um, but still some concerns too. So – you hit on it, and Adam has got a piece on LaShawn Williams in particular in, in the running game. Adam, it sounded like that one really stuck out to you, the way the way LaShawn played today. Yeah, you know, it was something that I think a lot of fans really wanted to see, especially after the amount of praise that Kirk Ferentz gave to LaShawn Williams coming into the season said that he had had such a productive summer practice, et cetera, et cetera. And after a pretty slow first two weeks, you know, it was fair to start to wonder, especially not only with Caleb Johnson in the backfield, but the emergence of Jazz Patterson. It was fair to wonder if LaShawn was going to get sort of lost in the shuffle. And for him to have such a productive week here, I mean, yes, it was Western Michigan, but not only did he have the big run, but it was just chunk play after chunk play, you know, eight yards here, 10 yards there. Just everything was productive for LaShawn. And for fans to be able to see that, that's got to give them a, a nice boost. And it's really got to give LaShawn a nice boost. He was he was definitely all smiles after the game today. Yeah, he was. And he looked awesome in the run game. And by way of him looking awesome, you have to give credit to the offensive line. They stepped, they stepped up big time in terms of run blocking. Like LaShawn said in the postgame presser, anybody here could have run through some of the, the lanes that they were giving him. I don't know about that. Um, yeah, he's, but... he's never seen me run, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but the offensive line looked significantly better today in the run blocking, maybe not so much in pass blocking. I think Cade got hit four or five times something like that. But it wasn't just LaShawn either. Uh, it's several running backs really looked great today. Obviously, we didn't get to see a lot of jazz, but Max White scoring his first career touchdown at Iowa. Kamari Moulton not only getting one, but getting two in his very first game. First 
to running back to do that in their debut since Jewel Hampton in 2008. That's a name for you to remember. Jewel Hampton against Maine in 2008. And then, of course, uh, TJ Washington stepping up and, and getting some some carries as well, showing some wiggle uh, in, in the backfield in some of those carries. And LaShawn Williams really showed that today, too, for the first time this season, in my opinion. It was that that little wiggle in the backfield and making something out of nothing, punching guys in the mouth and getting extra yards. Yeah, that was nice to see, and and you can sort of see these guys' running styles begin to emerge, even though, you know, Moulton is pretty far from complete, as the skill set goes. Washington, you know, this is just the first taste. But you can sort of see what these guys' styles are going to be, and it really looks like LaShawn Williams has the you know, north-south, but also a little bit of elusiveness to make guys miss and to be really productive in a rushing scheme like Iowa's. Yeah, I also thought he did some really good things in the passing game, too. You know, he had that screen pass that went for a touchdown, uh, which was just beautifully blocked, too. I mean, all credit to everyone else on the field for that play, because they made it pretty easy for LaShawn. And uh, there was another play where, you know, he got a little bit ahead of himself, didn't bring the ball in and uh, dropped it. But if he caught that one, he might have uh, run all the way to the end zone because there did not look like there were many uh, Western Michigan players uh, anywhere close to him on that play. So, you know, getting him involved in the passing game could be another uh, positive as well. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it that was one where he was just looking ahead. And uh, it was looking ahead before he made the catch. We were all like, Cade threw that so hard. It was behind him. And then we got a second look at it. And, and it turned out that wasn't the case. LaShawn just getting a little ahead of himself. But money, many more positives in, in this one as well, particularly Ontario Thompson having one block, but nearly having four in, in the special teams, uh, in, the, in the punting game today uh obviously Cooper DeGene doing some great things in the return game as well had that spin cycle that he put on uh between two defenders for for Western Michigan but Ontario Thompson really the star coming in from Iowa Western Community College and stepping up big time uh on special teams and as we've seen time and time again some of these folks some of these players at Iowa not necessarily getting time where they want to be on offense or defense particularly defense but then stepping up on special teams and you start to see things are really clicking. And Ontario Thompson was just living, living in the uh, the backfield on, on these special teams plays. Ross, what did you see there? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably a testament to what he and the coaches saw during the week in their film study. Like they clearly saw a weakness in Western's, you know, punt blocking and they exploited it ruthlessly. Like you said, he he had the one block and was very close on a few other plays. He was just consistently getting back there. Um, just a great first step uh, and really exciting stuff from him who, you know, we haven't seen a lot of so far this year, obviously the defensive line rotation pretty tough to break into, but you know, we've seen this before too, where guys, you know, start out on special teams, make some plays and they'll, uh, you know, earn some more defensive playing time. If not this year, perhaps then, you know, for sure he's going to be in the mix next year, you'd think. Yeah, it's not just because he's wearing the number 54, but seeing him make that sort of elite athleticism type of play and, and nearly making multiple plays just like that, 
it's really hard not to see Davion Nixon and the way uh, Ontario Thompson plays, or at the very least, at the, at the way he plays special teams. We haven't seen a whole lot of him, you know, on the line itself. But, you know, like he said after the game, he's got really uncommon speed. And he knew that once he got into that second level of blocking from Western, that nobody back there was going to be able to do anything about his size. And, you know, we're talking about a guy who's 290 pounds and, and not a pound of that is fat. Like that is, that guy is a specimen. And uh, I, I keep remembering during the media day, I was talking to Tyler Fisher and I see a little blur out of the side of my vision and it's Thompson like landing on his feet and, and then like walking backwards a bit. And I, I look back over to Kyler and he says, yeah, he just did a backflip. <laughs> like it stopped us both dead, like mid sentence, but that's the sort of like freak athlete he is. And for him to be already be putting it together on special teams it really bodes well for when it's going to be his turn in the DL rotation, which I think is going to be sooner rather than later. Another positive from this evening comes in actually in the wide receiver group. No, not necessarily as productive as probably the majority of folks watching were hoping for, but Deontay Vines gets his first catch and touchdown. Well, his, his first touchdown catch, rather his first touchdown catch in his uh, tenure at Iowa after a variety of injuries. That's not only a, a positive to see on the field, but just for what he's been through so great. And, and Cade said it, he said that when they were talking after the score, Deontay told him that was my first touchdown and, and Kate thought he was joking because he scores touchdowns all the time in, in practice. And we finally got to see it put, put into uh, a game rather, rather than practice. Yeah, it was great to see Vines uh, make a big play there. Um, or I mean, not a big play as a three yard touchdown, but you know, just hauling in the touchdown, getting the score, uh, you know, good reward for a lot of hard work that he's put in and you know a lot of injuries and stuff that he's battled through uh you know it's good to see the receivers getting a little bit more involved in not necessarily in the passing game which i know we'll talk about in a little bit but you know they found ways to get the receivers involved running the ball um caleb brown actually touched the ball as a hawkeye finally and <laughs> on an end around um we don't need to talk about the second end around that that they had for him uh, and Seth Anderson had a really nice uh, gain on the ground on a kind of a tricky little play. So, you know, I think that was positive just to, you know, find ways to get those guys the ball in space. You know, they are playmakers. Um, you know, using the wrong game, you know, find some other find some ways to do it to them. Yeah, and one more thing to point out here in terms of being involved in the game and something other than catching passes, I think there's a little bit of karmic, I don't want to say justice, but a karmic reward for Vines because on the touchdown that um, I'm blank, LaShawn Williams, on that screenplay, LaShawn mentioned specifically the downfield blocking that Vines was doing for him on that play. And if you watch the, the replay of it, Vines has his cornerback blocked at about the two or three yard line. Mind you, this was a 25 yard pass. And, and Vines had moved that tackler 
essentially out of the field of play. So when Williams gets to that point, you know, this poor CV, he gets a hand on him, but it's not a serious tackle effort. And ultimately, you really like to see something a, a play like that uh, get rewarded, and, and it really emboldens what we see and think about how Iowa uses wide receivers, not only in the passing game, but in the running game, too. Now, speaking of receivers, Cade McNamara tried to get them involved mostly to no avail. Some really, really puzzling throws tonight from Cade McNamara. There was one he missed. I don't know who he was going for uh, to his right. I think he was throwing to the far side. It was way over the head of Nico Ragini. The two interceptions were just great plays. I mean, they weren't just great plays. They were ill-advised throws, but still great plays yep. by Western Michigan. And we saw the reaction from uh, one of the Ferences, who happens to lead the offense, who was clearly not happy. And that was pretty indicative as to how the offense operated in the first half. It was ugly. Run game was working great. And I think there were just, it, it was guys trying to do too much. That was what we heard as well in the post game uh, from, from, I think it was Jay Higgins on, on the defensive side. And then that carried over to the offensive side as well. Cade really pressing in that first half. And, and some of those throws were just, were just odd. Adam, you you agreed with me when when we were having that sentiment in the in the press box. Yeah, it seemed like the timing wasn't perfect on some of those throws, like the the interception. Yeah, you said replay by um, Kanai. I'm already blanking. Uh, Kanai Lovely, uh, great play by him. But also, Anderson had broken open, but. Lovely had been reading McNamara's eyes. If that throw gets made even a half second earlier, I think it's a score and we're praising the uh, the bravery, I would say, the, the gumption of, of trying to make that throw in the first place. But the timing wasn't there. Lovely was able to get over. And we saw a pretty negative reaction, obviously, out of Brian Ferentz. I'm going to do something that's probably not going to be popular among our listeners, but I think... Ryan Ferentz had a little bit of a point because, I mean, obviously saying something selfish is, you know, it's going to get a pretty negative reaction from, from, you know, people watching the stands or, or at home or what have you. But that is sort of offensive coordinator speak for trying to make a throw that isn't there. And especially when Iowa sort of had a luxury of time in terms of, you know, getting itself into field goal range, uh, certainly, or, or at the very least, like preserving a scoring opportunity. So obviously Brian was upset with that throw. And I think to some extent, Cade was upset to that throw too. I, I don't think it's indicative of a, you know, an offensive coordinator losing his team or, or, or what have you. you know, obviously the optics stunk, but the throw kind of stunk too. So the fact that it didn't, lead or bleed over into the second half and you know the fact that Cade ended up making some better throws especially once they got everything settled down that was positive uh but I would say everybody on that Iowa sideline wanted that pass attempt back 
Yeah, I thought Kay just looked a little bit off all day today. You know, he was just wasn't quite in sync with everybody. The timing was off. Seemed like he was holding on to the ball a little bit long. Um, you know, I think we knew that the pass protection had some issues with it, and there certainly were guys getting through. Uh, it also seemed like there were a few plays where Cade was just holding on to the ball and, you know, just he needed to probably just throw it into the seventh row instead of trying to hold on and make a play. Um, a souvenir for one lucky fan. Right. So it just – not, you know, we were hoping to see uh, some steps forward from him in the passing game, and I don't think we saw that today, which is unfortunate. But, you know, we still still saw a few good things, but overall a pretty mixed effort uh, for the passing game again. And one potential real detriment going forward for the offense is the Luke Lachey injury. Now, Adam and I didn't quite see. I mean, we saw him go down. We saw him laying down on the field, but we were hearing stuff from Twitter and from the message boards that the injury looked ugly. Ross, tell us more about what you saw uh, on TV and and how. Uh, well, first of all, Kirk Ferentz said it was significant. Based on what you saw, Ross, speak to that. Yeah, I mean, it, if you. When you see the injury, it's clear that, you know, it's definitely a significant injury and it's really unfortunate, but it was just kind of an awkward tackle. Um, the guy kind of tackled him from behind and his legs kind of went under underneath him sort of, and his foot got trapped and you could see it, especially on the replay, which is unfortunate, but his foot just was bending in a direction you don't want to see a foot bend, unfortunately. So that really did not look good. And then obviously he couldn't put any, any weight on it. Um, leaving the field immediately gets on crutches. It goes to the locker room, but they put him in an air cast uh, after that. And, you know, they'll do x-rays, but it looked really, really gruesome. And, you know, we're, none of us are doctors, but I would be pretty surprised if he came back this season, which was be a big blow to the offense and really sucks for him because he, had looked so great through the first, you know, two weeks and change this year. And uh, it was going to be a really big part of the offense. And that doesn't look to be the case now. Yeah, it was unfortunate. You know, we, we don't really root for, you know, certain outcomes or anything like that on, on this side of the business. But there, there are some players that you want to succeed just because of their personality. And Lachey is absolutely one of those guys. And to, to see something like this essentially derail his season uh, or, or at a minimum, in, unless, unless there's fantastic news that comes out of the testing, and, and I don't think that that's going to happen, but it's at a minimum going to derail his regular season. And, and that's too bad because you, you want – better for these guys you, you don't want anyone to get injured but especially you know you, you want somebody like that to be around to interview more uh and and you want to see the results of hard work pay off right so the the nice thing is if you know from a football perspective iowa's tight end room is built for disasters like this They've, they've got the depth that they trust, but all the same, you know, aside from football, 
tough luck for Lachey. You hope that his recovery goes quickly, successfully, and that this doesn't have a lasting effect on his career. Yep, and we hate to end on a uh, negative note here on a hot cast, but as we look ahead to Penn State, that's a really tough look, especially with without Lachey. It's going to be a tough game in general, but it will be exciting. Adam and I heading out to State College. We're very much looking forward to the whiteout, and, and it should be fun with Luke Lachey. Uh, well, hopefully we have some positive news in, in that regard as well. So we're going to wrap up today's podcast there. Thanks so much for tuning into this short post-game recap of the 41-10 victory over Western Michigan. If you're not a premium subscriber yet, you can do that today at iowa.rivals.com backslash subscribe. Submit questions there, and of course, you can engage with us all day, every day. You get recruiting information, everything, background regarding basketball, football, those teams, etc. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rate and review wherever you're listening. That does help us out a lot. So for now, We'll see you next time.